Hello everybody. I am coming to you from a basement, a secluded basement bunker somewhere in Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> no, uh, this is what my parents' basement used to look like before we did the remodel in 1984. You can see it was old field stone. We had to dig down almost two and a half feet. Anyways, in the summer of 1984, as I listened to the soundtrack of Rhinestone, <laughs> I had to stain all of the wood here, all of this wood there, all individual slats and the moldings, all of that. It was crazy. But I could still sing Drinkenstein from Rhinestone. But wiser you created a monster. And they call him Dragenstein. I want to show you something that directly correlates to who we're interviewing today. Here's Geronimo, which is this great painting. It's on like Nubuck leather. It's in very, very interesting. Then, of course, we have a model of a, a holster. <sighs> Going to get my coffee soon. And then, of course, we had, you know, some of the cavalry. That the reason we have all that here is because my father... He's into horses huge as a, as a young guy. He thought he was Davy Crockett. He even got to ride in some um, rodeos. And he also rode, um, he was a trail boss at one point. And maybe we'll bring that up because that's kind of interesting. Down that hallway and inside, right past Superman, is my tough gym that we saw in The Pretender. Um, so keep watching. In a little while, we're going to be recording Dad. And we're going to interview him and see just how... The crazy has fallen through the Kunda trees, and I got hit with every branch. excited two big reasons we've got episode 40 and you know by the way i hope you're keeping those episode uh cue cards because i have a feeling after this episode the smithsonian's going to be calling for props <laughs> from the show i yes. i think this is going to be one of the sweetest kindest uh interviews we've done in, in quite a while but oh. we'll get to who that is in just a moment <laughs> so 40 40 that's a big deal yeah I'm, so I'm pretty excited. proud of that. I, yeah. I really am. I, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm marginally more prouder of the 40 than when I figured out the composition of Velcro. So at 40, <laughs> now this is amazing because we've had to really sit and work together and grow. There were yeah. some growing pains along the way, yeah. and now we've come out and we truly are. I think 
Oh, I don't have. I was pulling up my shirt to show Rocky Files with the two turtles. But oh, there you go. Okay. I, okay. In the corner. There you go. That's us. The two turtles. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I like the fact that we're looking away from each other because <laughs> it's like you're looking at, at bringing your point of view. I'm looking at bringing my point yeah. of view. And we're under the rainbow of the Rocky Files. So yes. I, I really like that. Thank you. Thank you. I that really was like fun. That. Yeah, that was a fun one to create for sure. So um, how's the moving going? How is that process? Good. It's good. We're a little, we've been sick for a couple days. So I am currently a little high on DayQuil, uh, <laughs> but there was no way I was missing this episode. Not in a million years. <laughs> right. Uh, yep. Yeah, right. a big deal. And then, yeah, you know, I think so. We want to send out big news for us this week. We had yeah. Sly follow us. So we did a few cartwheels. I didn't break anything in the process, but we were, uh, <laughs> We were very excited for that and very, very grateful because he doesn't, you know, he, he I think he uh, is choosy. About yeah, who he, he is. So that, he was, is. that was so nice. And I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. It's, it's just a, it's just a great thing. It's, it's nice to get a little bit of validation for, um, I think yeah. time and work and, and um, just, I don't know, loyalty to the character. I yeah. think uh, a loyalty to Sly that, um, I, I, he knows what that little click mm. will mean to and for us. Yes. Um, <laughs> let's face it. If the Rocky files follows or doesn't follow Sly, he may not notice, but we will notice when he follows or unfollows yes. us. So okay. now the pressure is on Stacey. Yes. Now we have to have the eye of the tiger with our yes. podcast. Yes. Because, you know, could you just see Sly tuning in some night? He's sitting there and he goes, I think I'm going to watch this really awesome podcast with my friends. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's just gone. So we have to really live up to this now. No, he knows. He knows who the true fans are and who the I drive so. by Rocky fans are. Yeah. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Right. So you know, that really is a, uh, that's kind of a good thing. Um, anyways, well, we kind of have a big interview today. We so do. I, I don't know. Do, do you want to waste talking time about just trivial stuff or do you want to get to the meat of it? Let me tell you, this guy, our our very own Mike Sr., the uh, the uh, influence uh, to our Mike Jr. here. Great interview. And I just uh, great pick. I can't. I cannot wait for people to see him. I know, me too. The sincerity in this guy is second to none. And yeah, I, I just want to get to him. So absolutely. So, so we already interviewed him and we did the uh, we did the pre-interview. Pre and I said something about that, but I, I wanted to say one more thing I forgot to say. Yes. In 1985, Stallone was at a function and he was wearing a tuxedo. But it wasn't, it wasn't the traditional tales or the long past the waistcoat it was just a waiter's coat it looked mm -hmm. like it was a tuxedo but it was a waiter's design it right. was cut right at the waist and it looked fantastic and i said ah, i gotta have that so it was 1986 it was my prom mm -hmm. and uh so i had my hair was all permed out but it was wavy <laughs> i had timed it out so that it, the perm would grow out just enough so it wasn't too tight but it was kind of right. rather wavy kind of like it is now unassisted so uh <laughs> dad made me this Taylor, he tailored this jacket for me. He got a regular, he got a tux with tails and he cut off the tails and then he put a little trim right around the edge of it. Couldn't tell the difference. And it really became a trend after this. A lot yeah. of people were wearing them uh, after that. 
but uh, I guess uh, Stallone was really setting a trend. Anyways, it was a bit of a um, suit of armor for me to wear at my prom yeah. because anybody who knows me, my, my, my prom story is not a great one. My prom <laughs> date left me for someone else, uh, another senior. Yeah. So, I mean, at least they, she ended up marrying the guy. So at least, you know, they're still together. So at least it was her Mr. Right. And yeah. I remember just sitting at the table. Looking no. around, yeah, wasn't a great prom. Formal wear in Denmark for more than 31 years. This is one of our European. And knows all too well, picking out the right tuxedo can be as overwhelming as picking the white dress. For starters, there's the neckwear. Bow ties are classic. They're never out of style. Long ties have always been in formal wear. Always. And the jacket, two buttons or four. Then of course the color. This is one of our newest additions right here. We're very proud of this. This is this is from Oscar de la Renta. This is called a silver cloud. Tails, vests, wingtips, whatever your dilemma, Michael's equipped to solve it. He even deals with disgruntled loved ones. Dads are very difficult people to deal with because it's the daughter, okay? They either want to be treated specially without saying it. You have to know that. They either don't want to be a part of it because they feel left out because the daughter is leaving. And get, you know what I mean? So this whole kind of thing goes now. Michael's best advice? Don't register for tuxedos too early. Six to eight weeks is more than enough time for them to come here, for us to register everybody. It's plenty of time. And pick a formal wear shop with a tailor on site, because the last thing you need is to break at the seams of your big day with no one to stitch you back in place. In Dunmore, Stacey Weaver, News 22. I, I, I think it's about that time we bring in our, our guest. Um, yes. This individual is somewhat responsible for a lot of the craziness in <laughs> my life. And I think that in my opening little segment um, to start the podcast, there, there is a crazy tree in the Kunda genealogy. And I was hit with every branch on the way down. <laughs> But it's not really so much a crazy thing as much as, as it is a very vivid imagination. Mm -hmm. um, it, whether it's escapism or whatever it was, uh, my father, it, he had a great deal of it as, as a child. And, and I'll, I'll let him explain why he, he why his imagination was so valuable to him as a, as a child. But yeah. um, I, I thought a few months back, boy, wouldn't it be interesting if we got mom and dad or at least dad on? Yeah. Mom, sometimes she's not exactly... Um, she's a little camera shy. So yeah, yeah. My, my mom's the same. I oh, is she really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, if you're ready, I don't know if I'm ready, but if you're ready, I'm ready. I can't ready? wait. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's bring in the big ragu. Okay. Here he comes. Mike senior. Hello everybody. Hello. Dad. <laughs> you're you here. Too much of my life, Michael. Ah, well, too much. Well, we're going to get into that. <laughs> we, we really are. Well, wait, uh, can we use false names? Which are, it's too late now. Well, you know what? We're, we, 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 we still are at, a, at an undisclosed bunker. Oh, no, no, no. That's right. We're no longer. I, I have disclosed where we are from, where we're at. So I can't even say we're somewhere in the, the Alaskan wilderness uh, rec recruiting, uh, recording this. So, Dad, first of all, thanks for kind of being part of this. This is great because I think a lot of people want to hear from you. You know, yeah. they especially people who saw The Pretender. They loved it. They loved uh, your energy, your thought process. And they also loved the way mom played off of you, made Google eyes at you when you said very funny <laughs> that things. That was her power. Yeah, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
and and I think a lot of people are going to be interested. So if you don't mind, we're going to take a little journey and maybe we'll sort of start a little bit at, at, at the beginning. Now, let me just let me just say this. You you are half Italian, half Ukraine, right? Correct. Yeah. And that, that's kind of that's interesting because at this point in time, yeah. you know, we all know what's going on in the world and things aren't that great. And although we've never taken a family vacation to the Ukraine, we certainly wish uh all that craziness comes to an end very quickly. Yeah. Um, you have, you don't are you, are you aware, Dad, of any relatives in the Ukraine still? Uh, way way far removed now. Yeah. Uh, in, in in when I was a child, uh, my grandparents, my Ukrainian grandparents, would babysit myself and my uh, second older sister because uh, ah. mom went to work and dad went to work. So uh, we had a lot of relatives. Uh, in the Ukraine, they, they were a part, they were closer to the Russian border and yeah. where the grandfather was from and the grandmother, sure. the original people, yeah. my, my, my parentage ancestry. So it was called the steppes region uh, of the Ukraine or Russia oh, where okay. the border, they crossed, just like it is today. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. People who feel more Russian than Ukrainian are more Ukrainian than Russian. That's right. where they're from. I, I, I can't gotcha. tell you the name of the village though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, gotcha. But anyway, yeah. Uh, that being said, yeah. uh, the Ukrainian heritage, I always liked it because the, my grandfather used yeah. to tell me all these wonderful stories about him in the Ukraine. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And he owned a horse. Oh, and did the he? the horse's name was Pony Boy. <laughs> and his mother used to send him down into the village on the horse to get the groceries. Yeah, yeah. Now, maybe I was seven or eight years old at the time. Right. So as a result of that, my fascination with horses and riding horses, the grandfather instilled this kind of imagery in my head, if you will. So yeah. I, mean, I would see myself doing that. So right, right. Later part of my life, uh, that became... Uh, well, that's what, that's what I want to get in. I definitely want to touch on that before we get into Rocky and Pretender stuff. So... Um, you know, your imagination, real, I mean, that's clearly where I get it from, <laughs> you know, the imagination. <laughs> and uh, a series of events happened in your in your life early on mm -hmm. that led you to Davy Crockett. And sure. Davy Crockett had a profound uh, impact on you. Um, tell me just a little bit about that Davy Crockett thing. What? What? Why Davy Crockett? Mm -hmm. Well, adventurism, I guess, maybe to start with. He was a great adventurer. Uh, as I found out later in life, reading about the true facts of his life. Yeah. But what Walt Disney did, they created the Davy Crockett series on Disney's Wonderful World mm. uh, on Sunday after Sunday afternoon. Yes, Sunday afternoons. Yeah. And they brought Davy Crockett forward and they made him a folk hero. Fess Parker played the act, the actor Fess Parker played Davy right. Crockett, along with Buddy Epson, who was a very famous actor of the day, played his sidekick. And the stories always started out with great uh, things that Davy did, uh, ending in the Alamo, where right. supposedly he uh, went to his death along with some hundred and some odd defenders. And the legend of Davy Crockett, the Alamo uh, frontier, all was born in the series. Gotcha. I condensed it all. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm with you. What? Is, let me ask you a question. This is a... I, maybe we need a historian. What are the odds that Davy Crockett survived the Alamo and is living in a trailer park in like no, Pittston somewhere? No, <laughs> not a trailer park. No, 
uh, he was, his he, body was found mutilated. Was it really? The Mexican, uh, the, oh. at the time, Santa Ana's oh, armies, when they oh, wow. overran the Alamo, yeah. mutilated the defenders as much as they could of course. Uh, in all kinds of ways. And his body was identified eventually, and he was properly buried and so on uh, wow. at the time. So, again, everything else is legend after that. Yeah. Right now, you had a thing, Stacy. I'm sorry. I'm just. Please jump in. You, Stacy. Oh no, this is fascinating. I'm. I'm good. You. You guys. All keep right. Going. <laughs> All right. So, Davy Crockett has a coonskin cap, right? And that played a role in your life. As years later, a fedora would play a major role in my life. Right. What, what was it about right. the the coonskin cap? Because you, well, tell us about that. Well, as a kid, when by the time I got, I was eight when the series started. I was eleven when it went off the air, I think. But in that time period, each Christmas I got a different piece of paraphernalia, uh, right? Crockett related. Mm -hmm. So at first it was the buckskin outfit, but cotton with fringes, you know, to look like yeah, buckskin. Yeah. Then it was moccasins, and then finally I got a coonskin cap right. to wear, and it was really cool. It was very genuine. It, it had the big coonskin thing in the front and the tail and the whole bit. Yep. So I was not opposed to wearing that to school, to wearing it in the neighborhood. Then oh to Indians and Native. Oh, it was. For those I, of you listening and watching right now, neighborhood area. Do you uh, see where I get it from, everyone? Did you see? This right, is epic. Right, right here. Happened. There he is. You want to know where it happened? That's where it happened. Yeah. And I would go on my hunting expeditions. I had a plastic long rifle. Yep. And a, 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 a antler horn gunpowder thing. Right. And along with all anything that made me look like Davy Crockett. Of course. So I would hide in bushes and spring up on my friends or uh, ambush pirates coming up the Lackawanna River. That was right. River in our town. Yeah. And so, on. so my imagination took me to all these different places. And was uh, it ever a. Yeah. Was it ever a suit of armor for you, or or did you not need well, that at that not point? Not so much a suit of armor. I never saw it that way. Okay. I just saw myself as Davy Crockett. Yeah. I didn't need to be protected from other people because right. bullies were a big part of my life. Yeah. And as a kid, um, I sought my revenge in different ways. Yeah. Not very, very unlike some of the things that would be acceptable today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I would yeah. ambush my boys <laughs> <laughs> well deserved i'm sure uh, they deserved it yep yep now and you they, used to throw old blankets over the back rail of your house saddles. tell us about to, my mother had a lot of uh weave woven uh rug rag carpets rag. yeah so i would take them off the kitchen floor anywhere i had them and i would fashion them into a saddle and then i would i took rope and made stirrups and then I tied the reins rope to the banister column, yeah. and I'd sit there riding across the Great Plains. Wow! Exactly. Like my musket and my my mother would be screaming in Italian. She called me all kind of names in Italian. <laughs> would, right. Put the, she then in the bottom line was put the carpets back after you're done. Just put them back. Put okay. them back. So I had to I had to make camp. So I would take. The blanket, the, the carpets rolled up as a saddle, uh -huh. set it down on the porch, get my bedroll out, and pretend I was out in the wilderness. Wow. Campfire. And so she'd come out, she'd say, 
she called me skivus, and that was crazy one in Italian. She would yell all the things and so on. She yeah. grabbed the carpets, take them back in the house. So when my father came home after working his third job, and that would be around seven o'clock at night, uh, she goes, "Your kid's crazy. This kid's crazy. He's out there riding on the banister like it's a horse." Just that the other day, you know. So he, he go, leave her, leave her alone, Louise. Leave him alone. You'll yeah. get over it. Let him, let him alone. And uh, I never got over it. Never so, got over it. it what, now, always- now, that's a good segue, Dad, because, uh, okay, so series of events happen. Your mom passes away far too right. early. Yeah. And you had a, you were the oldest, so you had to go to work with your dad. You drop out of school in ninth grade. And I right. say that because you, 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 um, you make a, a remarkable life for yourself in the sense that you were successful and that you had a uh, you have a loving wife and and two kids who have become uh, I suppose at least one of us is successful meaning my brother and the other, <laughs> and you know I might well, you know we'll get into that later but you know I like to tease on yeah, that but yeah. so um you know wondering how you go from from working with your dad, uh, learning the craft of being a master tailor, you you go through your your teens and twenties and so on, and then you get hooked up with horses again. How does when do horses come back into play? Which were almost, if I recall correctly, horses were a passion of yours to a degree. Oh yeah, I lived it. Yeah, literally. Uh, there's one story I can't tell on there, but uh, you know that story, so we'll just let yes. it go with that. Uh, but eventually, the, a per, the company that I w- went to work for officially, aside from my father, was called Sarno and Son. And they were a tuxedo rental agency in the city of Scranton, a heart of downtown. And at the time, tuxedos were white, black, and blue. That was it, you know, a ruffle shirt here and there. But my primary job was tailoring and sales. So over time, I learned an awful lot from my father, but even more from Mr. Sarno, uh, who was uh, an immigrant from uh, Italy at the time. Uh, not at that time, but uh, he came as a young boy. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking of my Larry Sarno's father. I got gotcha. you. Owner. And Larry worked for his father, and I worked for Larry. Gotcha. So it was a kind of a, they were trying to move the father out of the business. Right. Larry into place, and then have somebody take over Larry's job. And that was tailoring. Yeah, right. So that's how that started. But he was a horse person. And he, he had, had horses. horses. Yeah. He had a stable full of horses at his home, which was in the countryside, not far from where we live. Yeah. So every Saturday for three years, I put on my my chaps, my, my denims and my cowboy hat and my cowboy boots, went up there and rode all out morning, maybe into the afternoon. And it was one of the most wonderful experiences because now I was actually living. You're on a horseback. You're living it. Horses. Yep. And I learned how to take care of horses. I learned how to, well, you know, recognize things, uh, how to make sure that they were uh, properly uh, cooled off. Yeah. Down, you know, after a ride. And so sure. On. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, and the so then you, you go from there to, you do. You did a little bit of trail bossing rides. You helped them out with on some. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some. Uh, you went through the mountains with some. Uh, we, business. we had one of the biggest trail rides at the time. We yeah. had about twenty-seven or thirty some odd riders, that myself, Larry, and his young son Mark, had put together. So everybody had trucked their own horses in. He had a big yeah. property, and right. it was 
was amazing to see these horses coming off these trailers. All the tack was there with them, you know. Yeah. They were saddling up, and oh, it was just one of those things. And all the media was there. Uh, Larry S. The Scranton Times at 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 that time, WYOU TV, the one of the local TV stations, to come and cover all this. Right, right. So he says, Mike, I want you to be out there. You're the trail boss here. I'm going to direct everything to you. So you do the interviews. They'll take your picture yeah. and so on and so forth. I said, all right, whatever. And uh, so. I'm all in, I'm in black though. I, I had because everybody had light colored turquoise and I wanted to be all in black. Black hat, right, black right. shirt, you know, black uh, jeans and oh, I was just all dude it up. So anyway, <laughs> uh, when the reporters were looking for the organizers, uh, they were directed to me. So then here I here I am on horseback, right? And they were down on the ground. So I'm leaning on the saddle. Oh, it was the dream come true. It was like I was this trail boss in this big cattle drive. Going out through Wyoming and Montana. Right. That's what it felt because I'm on this horse. And uh, they're asking me all these questions where we're we going and how long we're we going to be out. And, you know, are you worried about safety, this, that, and the other thing? Yeah. And I said, well, yeah, we have trail riders. We had, like, you know, on the golf course, they have golf rangers. Right. So we had horse rangers, people who are expert riders, good riders, who rode parallel to the group. Right. To keep everybody so Keep everything like, safe and in line. Yeah. The horse is going in the right direction. So yeah, that's that was one of my so then, wonderful times. So you go through a, a series of of those um, adventures, and right, then yeah. then you um, you get a bump up in life, and you go to Metallos, where you continued right. your success as a as a tailor. And right. and I'm telling you the stories, Stacy, and everyone <laughs> listening right now. Dad had a nine to five job, and he would come home, every, and it was always. You know, five thirty, quarter to six, dinner in the kitchen nook with mm -hmm. my brother and my mother and other, and the stories were it was just they were never ending. The um, the amount of strange, unique individuals living in Dunmore, Pennsylvania, it, I'm, there could be a, tel a Netflix series on it. Wow, there, there could be, and I really would like. <laughs> I really would love to explore that, but it's not so much Rocky centric. So we're going to, we're going to move on a little bit. So, so the horses, then when you no longer worked for Sarno, that kind of, you know, the yeah, horse connection went away, sort of petered out, yeah. went away. Then do you recall what motivated you to take me as a kid to circle B ranch up in Mount Pocono to start uh, riding together? Right. What my goal was to buy a horse that I knew all about horses. I knew how to take care of, take care of horses I knew what they needed. I knew what was involved. And I was really going to be committed to that. And they were going to sell me a horse at the time because I had gone up a couple times on myself. And then I would bring you along as, as yeah. time permitted or what we were doing. Right. And I was all set to do all that when circumstances jump right in to stop your call. Yeah. And that's always money. Always. That's the problem. <clears throat> and always. I thought I had the money, but then we needed that money. To put somewhere else yeah so, exactly. uh, always the case hesitate, yeah. you know i said but i said i'm going to go riding i i and it was inexpensive at the time yeah pay for an hour's worth of riding or however long it was i remember and sunday mornings we used to go and so on so that that's how that all went over time yeah i i remember it just the amount of fun we had and yeah. i had gotten i had gotten i had gotten maybe just shy of a medium expert level. So uh, writing wise. And then yeah. after a while, Oh, I know what the problem was. 
I discovered a co-species on the planet called girls and girls. <laughs> yeah, they don't like a guy that smelled like horses. Right. Exactly. Girls didn't like guys that smell like horses. They wanted a guy <laughs> to have like a, a, a horse engine in a car. And so I realized, right. hmm, well, I need to get a job in dad. You've been great, but got to meet a girl. And <laughs> that went nowhere fast. And oh. uh, so, you know, then the times being what they are that you, you move on. But um, we're going to move on from the horses very shortly. One last thing. It, it was great because it's one of the final pictures in my book, Cue the Rocky Music, that you can buy at Amazon or xlibris.com. It makes great <laughs> Christmas stockings. It fits right in the cut. It's great. It's great. It's a fast read. Not a lot of big words. And <laughs> one of the final pictures, it was a, a Father's Day present. Um, when we used to live in Camp Hill, we lived right outside of Gettysburg. And me and dad went and I bought him a, a, a horseback tours, the battlefields. And dad, I don't know. What was your memories of that? It was great. Um, I, I know I was very emotional when I read what you gave me because yeah. it was a fantasy of mine again. Right. What better place to ride a horse onto one of the most climactic battles ever fought in the Civil War? Absolutely. I still get emotional. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So uh, we, I never forget how we prepared for it. And <laughs> I couldn't wait to, to get to the stables. And they, oh, yeah. Competent people there and so on. We mounted our horses. And it was uh, electric. He, he, right. He explained what was going to be seen and how it was going to be seen. And they gave you a little recorder with yep. earphones. And he would, there were parts of it that were pre recorded and then parts he would inject live conversation yeah uh, about what we were seeing in real time right. so uh it was i don't know, 15 20 riders maybe and it was a few riders that yeah yeah talk. about that and um everybody had their sneakers on and other stuff that i i can't ever show up looking like just everybody else so i had my do you remember do you remember what you had to help me with remember i showed up with the chaps but i had them on backwards and everyone's <laughs> making fun of me you just good. started whacking, as Paulie it, it, would say. You it sort of you reveal something that kind of would be left to the imagination. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. As Paulie would say, it. you whack those bums out. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. All right. All right. So we, we had a great time with the horses and yes, all that stuff. We did. And and um, I guess Stacy, maybe we should jump into. I don't know. Would you you want to do the pretender? Or you want to do some Rocky stuff first? Oh, that's up to you. I, however you want to, there's a bunch of questions for him. I, however you, know you want to. Let's do that. Cause I, I wanted to give a little backstory for dad and, and um, you know, dad's backstory is far greater in depth mm -hmm. than what we did, but I'm, I'm just trying to condense it. Cause I know there's a lot of other things I want to hit on. So uh, I don't know, go ahead. I'm going to pull up some questions and why don't you pull up some questions and let's, let's start with that and see where we go. Okay, uh, the Stallone kid on YouTube, who I'm going to be posting more from this young man. He's a very young man. He's yeah. he is amazing. This kid, he is. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> he just warms my heart that such a young person is so moved by Rocky. But a simple question for you, uh, Mike Senior: favorite Rocky movie and why? Well, that's obvious. I mean, uh, it, it's Rocky One. It'll always be Rocky One, yeah. and and that's just that simple. But uh, that was the beginning. Of that, where is he? Right there, Michael. Where are Michael. you? Michael. <laughs> that was the beginning, right there. Eight-year-old Michael, and uh, that's when the legend began. Yeah, and yeah. the story began. So yeah, uh, I associate that with that period. Everything after that was fun. You know, the films were great. Yeah. Mm -hmm, Enjoyed them mm -hmm, all. Mm -hmm. What was it about the first Rocky Dad that you liked so much? 
the down and outer, the, the underdog, the guy that was always struggling. That was me. I was always trying to prove myself. You know, my right. education was very limited yeah. uh, because of the circumstances in my life. And I always regretted that intensely. Now, I could have followed up later in life, but there was always a reason why I couldn't. Yeah, I hear you. But that was always, I always cheered for that guy who was struggling, who was yeah. on the edge of just breaking. Right. And something happens to change it. So, yeah, that's that's why I loved it. Yeah. That's straight away. Everybody loves it for that reason, I guess. I think uh, so, too. You know, watching him just like, you know, uh, just to show up. Give me a shot. Just give me one chance. That's all mm -hmm. I need. Right. Then I'm happy. I'm good. But anyway, yeah, I, I got a question. Um, it's from EMK 5508. Um, did you ever try to talk me out of this Rocky thing or always encourage me? Thank you, EMK 5508. Well, there, that's a multi layered response, it has to be a multi layered response yeah, because I know when, you, when he was eight or nine or ten, it was just movie stuff, yeah, and he was still in school. But as the years went by, that never left him. That was always right behind him, always following him, always there. So we always saw bits and pieces of it. And then when he got to be a, a 16, 17, or 18, he would get up at 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning, go break the eggs, drink the eggs, run around the city in his sweats and his bobos. So I said to my wife, I said, Deez. I said, what's with this kid? I mean, he's doing this crazy stuff all the time. I, and she goes, oh, don't worry, he'll grow out of it. <laughs> okay. Or not. <laughs> and, we waited, and we waited for him to grow out of it. And he grew into it. That, that was the other. He grew into it. Yeah. Head first. Realized it was a serious, not, not even a fantasy, just a serious quest in mm -hmm. his own art for this character. Then we, we were 100% on board every time. Mm -hmm. We found a way to, to help him make it happen. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Or Stacey. maybe him in that direction anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Stacy, what do you got? Um, let me see. This one was, I love this one. What Lorenzo is asking, what is the craziest Rocky thing Mike has ever done? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know an answer I don't to that. Crazy. but crazy. I just say within the realm of his, um, his imagination. Mm -hmm. um, boy, um, what was... Hmm. You know, I, I can't say any of it was like crazy. Uh -huh. I can only say it was a journey. It was always a right. part of something that he was going through. Mm -hmm. And when when we watched him go through various things, whether they were boyfriend, girlfriend things, uh, school things, uh, family things, mm -hmm. it, it, it never struck us that he was way out of line with his, his dream, right? Mm -hmm. But we always knew that he needed an education. And and we were always juxtaposing education to daydreams. Mm -hmm. Right? It was only a dream for him to be who he wanted to be and, you know, the character. So yeah. his mother was the proponent. I, I supported everything that he wanted done. So it was education, education, education. Yeah. And when he was balking at that, that's when we got really concerned because he's going to go out into the world with nothing but this dream. And then he has to make a living. Yeah. To me, maybe that was the craziest part of it. <laughs> that, that little bit in there. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would so, say, yeah, and I, we could never separate ourselves from being parents. 
Oh, being, sure. Right. To being that part. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Being that you have the Rambo thing over your head there, um, by the way, my father's at a local Scranton bar. We were going to try to pass it off as an upper Soho. Uh, we have a friend of ours that has a beautiful bar. Michael. <laughs> so so I, this the Rambo picture up there really reminds me of, of a very quick short story. It, who's that? Lorenzo that asked that? Uh, yes. Yeah, All right. <clears throat> I had, there was a time and I write about it. I'm only going to just touch on it very quickly. I had dressed like Rambo with the brown canvas poncho, the mm -hmm. headband, sticking the ferns in my back and crawling through the woods. I and I had that. the, <laughs> right. And I had the Rambo knife and <laughs> the authentic replica one. And as I climbed over, I was, went up to McDade Park and I climbed over uh, Kaiser Avenue there as I emerged rose from the bushes about 12 feet to my right was a state police cruiser. Just, uh, sitting on the side of the road right so i didn't see him and i'm halfway across the turnpike and i don't know what he wants to thought but he it, it's all in the book it's in cue the rock right. music about. so that was a little crazy and then another crazy thing was unlike normal people i never sat and really watched football not really i mean i did at once in a while but i was more concerned on a sunday when i didn't work or have school i would dress like rambo and i would fill these little kerosene film strips you know the old film strips you would put in the black container with the little gray and submit them to get developed well i would fill those with kerosene we used to have a kerosene heater in the basement and i would take the thing i would fill them with kerosene and i would kind of just tuck them in my pocket and i would walk up to this uh place called nayog and i've put a bunch of videos up it looks just Mike, like can i just stop you one second yeah i, I want it now things are starting to come back to me <laughs> yeah see yeah, right right <laughs> i was reading oh, the, the, the bow and arrow one morning stays this was just stunning and he had all the paraphernalia in his room he had the outfits he had the rocky clothes the rambo clothes he had every detail yeah so i'm reading the paper there and I know he was heading out to the, I thought he was going up West Mountain, which wasn't far from us, but maybe he was heading over to Nayog. So anyway, I'm reading the paper. So I looked up and I see him come down the steps and it's all in black. He had the, he had the Rambo hair from Rambo. What was it? Two, Mike? The, probably three, two. Or, well, yeah, two. Right. Yeah. Black headband. He had the quiver of arrows on his back. It's a big knife on his side. He had the black boots on. And so I said, Hey, where are you going? <laughs> They were goes, mean to me at school. <laughs> he, he goes, I'm, I'm just going up. I'm going out. Yeah. I said, what do you mean you're going out with that stuff on you? What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. I said, Michael, you have weapons on you. You don't look normal. <laughs> and, and he goes, Dad, you don't get it. He, you turned around. I remember we said some other things. Yeah. You walked out. And I said, this kid is actually going to do this. So I walked out on the porch and I watched, I watched you walk down the alley. And the two girls, remember the two girl sisters? Across the street. Yeah, the two sisters, yeah. They were coming down the alley. And they go, oh, Mr. Kunda, Mr. Kunda, is that Michael? Oh, my God, he's Rambo today. Where's he going? I said, I don't know. I said, but I certainly hope they don't capture him because he's in trouble. <laughs> he's so I made up another story. And this is, and you, you got to remember, people that are listening to this right now, most parents should have gone to the authorities at that point. <laughs> <laughs> or or a, or a doctor to get me yeah. some colored See, pills. Well, there was a point where we did consider therapy. I know there I know. was a point. I know, but I had something better. I know, but I had, I just you just slapped me in the back of the head and I snapped <laughs> out of it. It was like Cher and Moonstruck. Snap out of it. 
and and so to finish this all up this little this incident um i had gone back in in, in back of the the middle school where were uh coal dumps and and some bit of little woods footpaths back there it's mm. all homes and businesses now but i would take the bow and i would just sight it in i had practiced on that bow just like I had been practicing. It was one of the few times in my life I hung Rocky up for a little bit. And I said, okay, you know, let me try Rambo. I maybe may help me meet a girl or whatever. So I was, I would sight the bow in. I had carried a target. I carried the bow and the quiver of arrows dressed as Rambo. And I would go back there and I would just start shooting arrows, fuel practicing at 10 yards, 30 yards. I got up to about 85 yards and I was hitting almost dead center of the target after about four months i just kept practicing and practicing and practicing over and over and over and over and because i wasn't a hunter i could never hurt an animal i didn't know what i was doing i was just living out of fantasy in that moment i was getting away from everything else that had either intimidated me or scared me and these characters provided that escape rambo was an escape rocky would become a philosophy a way of life mm -hmm, for me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but rambo was great i i still love the rambos i mean it's they're amazing but in today's age you cannot walk around with like that would <laughs> <laughs> be, be like a SWAT right. team putting mm -hmm. me in, in my in my place um mm -hmm. but yeah no i'm glad you you recall that um but I don't know. The phase didn't last that long. I think it was about 18 months or so, maybe two years at the most. Mm -hmm. I, I think. Long enough. <laughs> well, that's kind of funny because the next question I have is from a, a good friend of mine, Sly Stallone, Philadelphia, Tony D. <clears throat> and yeah. he said, uh, when did you first realize that Rocky was more than just a movie for me? Mm -hmm. Speaking to me. Yeah, yeah you. Oh, yeah, okay, it's a question. Our guest, oh, the yeah, guy we're interviewing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. I thought I was in the living room. What exactly? I thought your mother was looking at me and she's like, Don't talk too much. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, she warns me all the time, stays, Don't talk too much. No, no, oh, yeah, talk away, funny. talk away. You're good. So anyway, uh, yeah, when did I re when did we realize it was serious? Oh, yeah. we realized early on. Once, once he became, once the collection started, once all the uh, the questions about about boxing, the seriousness of boxing. Um, uh, of the, I, ha I knew a lot of people in those days that met that worked with the heavyweight champions of the world, real mm. boxers, real people. And uh, this one, I, I, well, it's in the book. I, I, yeah, no Lou Delvecchio. Yeah, Lou Delvecchio. He was a very close friend, and uh, he was a, a promoter, boxing promoter. But he was also a very very close friend of Larry Holmes who at the time had defeated, just defeated um, Muhammad Ali for the heavyweight championship mm. of the world. And uh, I thought, boy, boy, if I could get Michael and Larry Holmes together, talk about the reality of boxing and yeah. what, what it means in your life and what it means to be a boxer and, and the sacrifices that you you have to make, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, I, I, I told Louie about this, this this time, and he said, listen, I'll arrange a meeting with you, Larry, and myself, via phone conversation. <laughs> I said, yeah, Lou, that sounds fantastic. I love it. So the next thing I know, a couple of days go by, a week goes by, he calls me, he says, Mike, he says, I'm going to have the champ on the phone, come down to my office uh, at the time, and uh, I'm going to have Larry on the phone, and your son and Larry could have a conversation about if Michael wants to be a boxer, no better guy to talk to than is, is the champion of the world at this time, Larry Holmes. Wow. So we go to <laughs> Lou's office, and Michael's all rockied up. He, he's he's going to tell them about what he wants. 
So uh, Lou, we introduce him and so on and so forth. And then so Larry picks up the phone, puts Larry's uh, champion on speakerphone. So they introduce each other. And Larry had a unique way of speaking. You know, I, mm -hmm. I called it Easternese because he lived in eastern Pennsylvania. Eastern Pennsylvania, yeah. Little, you know, Easternese, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, he was very kind to Michael. He, he said, Michael, let me ask you a few questions. He says, you come from a bad family. And Michael's like, no. He goes, are you into street gangs or you want to get out of streets, the street life? You don't have any other skills or are you uneducated? Mike said, well, no, no. He says, you know, I, I gainfully employed or whatever it was at the time. And yeah. So he says, did you ever get punched in the face <laughs> so hard that you can't Brutal. remember your name? Did you ever, did that ever happen? Well, no. He goes, well, right then. Why do you want to be a boxer? <laughs> Why do you want to actually put yourself in those circumstances? And it was a whole lot of conversation that went back and forth. So in the end, it was one of, I, it might have, I don't know if you could say it was a turning point, but this, the subtle realities of boxing were, were landed where they should have with Michael yeah. at that time. Then mm -hmm. I think he just realized that. I'll stay in school. Were you in high school then yet, Mike? Or you? Uh, yeah, that was that was right before the Lucian Rodriguez fight at the Watchers' oh, right, Army. Right, right, right. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, and I remember the title. I remember Larry had said one thing in particular that really stuck with me. He said, "Mike, you got to make a bum drunk before you mug him." And <laughs> I remember that. In, in other words, you got to work. Yeah, at real it hard. You can, yeah, you got to work at to, it to so, win anything, to fight for anything, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I had two moments like that. That was a, a big turning point realization-wise to me. And the other one was when I was maybe a sophomore in high school, and uh, that's right around the time Rambo 2 had come out, and I was all charged up to be a Green Beret. I don't even know what I was thinking about the military because I don't even like the color green. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, my mother, I, I don't know if it was you or mom that said it, Deb, but uh, at one point – I did. Do you remember when I walked down? Me and Brian Dunahoo walked down to the uh, recruiter's office, and I was yes. dressed as Rambo with the green yes, military jacket, yes. red t-shirt, and I put my yes. jeans in yes. the boots. Yeah, and and the military and the guys he looked at me too. Boy, this kid's right. <laughs> yeah. So he gave me some pamphlets to think about it, and I don't know. I I was still charged up to join the army after high school. What a disaster that would have been. So, mom, I think it was mom. She said. What you know what John Mark's in my cousin, my mother's sister, and, and Marion, she has a kid, his name was John Mark, and he was a Green Beret. Mm. And uh, so she said, Why don't we just go talk to him? And the little bit of shocking information he shared with me, there was nothing covert, obviously, but he did tell me some crazy stories. I was like, Yeah, that's not gonna happen, <laughs> that's mm. not gonna work for me. Right. So so and at the at the time it was funny because there was a a very popular picture of Stallone around this era where he was uh, wearing a pink Oxford shirt with the collar and it was unbuttoned a little bit and he had the black hair and he was just you know and I this picture was everywhere so I thought well I'll wear that pink shirt and so I'm sitting here in a button shirt in at, at my aunt's house uh, and it was just not not the best I made the right decision. <laughs> I I, I, re I really made the right decision. Yeah. All right. What else you got, Stacey? I got a, I got some more too. Uh, let's see. Austin asks, "What is the best quality you see in your son?" Loyalty. Oh, loyalty, isn't that integrity, wow. honesty? Yeah. Uh, pre 
second to none. Uh, loyalty, first of all. Loyalty wow. to friends, loyalty to family, mm. loyalty to wife, mm-hmm. uh, extended family, just those. That's it right there. <laughs> that's yep. it. I, you could say a lot of other things, but Perfect. those are yeah. the important things in life. Those yeah. are things that matter. A nice singing voice? Uh, Not really. <laughs> <yeah>. No. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's really what counts then, yeah. a singing voice. A singing voice. That's right. <laughs> okay. Thank you. All, All right, right. Yeah. let's see. What, what do I got here? Um, my friend James from um, uh, Australia. Uh, Mr. Kunda Sr., when you reflect on Mike's journey, how do you feel as his dad and what influence has his journey had on your own life? Oh, great question. That's a great a pretty question. Big... Crikey, mate. I'm, I'm not quite <laughs> sure how to answer that one. <laughs> I was waiting James. for a chance. James, if you're watching, I apologize. Apologize. So anyway, okay, j- just repeat it one more time because I was getting my mind ready to do that silly stuff. So. When you reflect on Mike's journey, how do you feel as his dad, and what influence has his journey had on your life? Oh gosh, M- Michael from the day he was born influenced my life <laughs> in all kinds of ways. Uh, not until he he was at that split point where he knew his responsibilities, he had to earn a living. Mm-hmm. He never gave up his dreams. He never gave them up for anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's the serious part of his journey is that he always did the right thing for his family, his wife, his job. He committed to a job that he wasn't suited for, his, his skills. Mm-hmm. He learned. He learned, and once he learned, he was very good at what he did. Mm-hmm. But paralleling all of that was the dream. Mm-hmm. Right behind him, always, never left him. And I can't tell you how many people I know that quit their dreams, quit their their, their ambitions, quit mm-hmm. that part of life that I'm never going to get there. It's too hard. Yeah. Too many things in my way. But as, as I always say, it, it, it's it's a pride in what you believe yourself to be because that's who we are, you know. You yeah. you you have a, your own true identity, and that's who Michael was. And yeah. boy, once his mom and I realized that, hey, we were behind him 100. percent Yeah. And all I knew was we had to support him, we had to help him. Yeah. And yeah. so his mom, we all both the same way. His brother Jason, oh, him yeah. and his brother. We could tell you stories about those two. <laughs> They're funny stuff, good stuff, brother stuff, love stuff. Yeah, yeah. And boy, oh boy, I tell you, it's funny. You would that home to us. It's oh. it's funny. You 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 would you would think that uh, if you knew my brother and I, <laughs> he you was the older brother. Or yeah, I mean, he's the older brother. Really, I'm <laughs> yeah. older. I'm older than him by five years. And you would just think he was the older brother, just because he's always been very very focused. And and I think to my success and to my detriment throughout the years, I, I always had used this Rocky thing as a crutch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it paid off in the end, but it really was like a billion of one thing. No one could have predicted it was going to pay off in the way that it did, but it did. But um, you know, that's the thing about my brother. He was always so focused and he was always very succinct in what he did. It really, mm-hmm. Can I that, tell that's... one quick story, Mike? Yeah, of course. Oh, you go okay. ahead. When my we have a nice a great grocery store, Garrity Supermarket, right next to our home, 
And I knew the owner, I knew the founder of it, and so on and so forth. And they have a chain of stores throughout the, the Northeast part of the country. Anyway, Jason and Michael didn't work there. Jason did. But Jason started as a stock boy. Now, Jason had a sport coat for every event that he went to. He, well, these are things that he had to have. Uh-huh. Sport shirts, slacks. So this one day, Michael happened to be home after school when Jason was getting ready for work. Now, most of the kids that worked on the floor, his wore their shirts, T-shirts, whatever. Jason comes down with a sport jacket on, a, a nice casual shirt, slacks, nice slacks. So Mike goes, where are you going? What are you doing? And so Jay goes, I'm going to work, Mike. I'm going to work. He goes, unlike you, I take pride in how I look. And so, <laughs> so Mike, and Jason true. leaves, and Mike goes, Dad, what the hell's wrong with him? Why is he like this? Why does he act like that? And I said, Michael, did you look in the mirror? Do you see how you're dressed right now? <laughs> Your brother goes the other way. He goes right. the other way. He and took I said, great you, pride. You great admire pride. that in him. You wait and see. And, and I, so- I, I, I would come, I always got dressed like it was dark in my room. I would come out with a red <laughs> sock, a brown sock, a Nike, a hiking boot. That's the one thing we could never sway him from, Stacy. Never. No. <laughs> never could. Never. Clothing never meant anything to me. And and for you and, and Jay, that they were very they were high priorities. Right. Very yeah, high that was priorities. our job. First of all, that was my job. Right. Right. The better the I clothing, was, the yeah. I did, the easier it was for me to do what I had to do. Sure. Right. Exactly. And I was always wearing one form or another of a Stallone character. Uh, I was wearing those clothes, which I still do to this day. Look, I've got the, the Dempsey shirt from Balboa. Yeah. So I'm never without some article of clothing like that. But the problem is that's not Stallone. He don't dress like that. <laughs> Stacy and dad, you remember back in the eighties, he was an exquisite dresser. Fine, he had jo- Johnny Versace. He had everything. He very was fine, always yeah. immaculately dressed. Right. which he yep. took great pride in, but I never picked that up. I just never cared about clothes. I was yeah. more of a, a Springsteen guy that never did laundry. Look, that was, <laughs> that was me. If I, my, that's right. Yeah. That's, that, right. That, that, that's, yeah. that's how I was. Brian um, Safard and I had the exactly same question. Um, and I just wanted, when is the moment? Cause you know, I get it. You know, you want your kids to thrive and be educated and be able to provide for themselves. What was that moment? that you went, holy God, this kid's going to pull it off. He's actually going to turn this <laughs> into a profession. He's oh, going to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Like, tell, tell us about that moment. Well, first of all, it starts when he uh, got fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, he allowed, he wanted, because he couldn't continue on what he was doing. He was going to quit anyway. Yeah. So, and he made a promise to himself and then to us in a casual way that he wanted his life to mean something for the next year or however long he was going to be unemployed. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, what, what could he possibly do? You know, get another job. You know, he needed mm-hmm. income. He had bills. He had car payments. He was married. So mm-hmm. on his wife had a good job at the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, considering jobs in this area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. He said, you know what, dad, I'm going to write a book. And I start laughing. I said, why? Mike, you failed English. I said, how are you going to write a book? It's true. He goes, Dad, no, no. He says, there's there's programs on computers that help with spelling. There's this and that. I said, all right. Yeah, okay. Sounds great. Go for it. And I never thought he would do it. 
Mm. Never thought he would do it. Mm -hmm. And the first thing Crazy. I know is that he goes, I said, <clears throat> or you buy the computer. And I said, well, I could be. I said, what, what's up? He goes, I'm going to send you um, two drafts of the book <laughs> that I'm writing. I said, what? You're actually writing a book? <laughs> I told you I was going to write a book. And I said, well, what is this book going to be about? And he goes, my life, our life, our family, things. I said, all right, well, I'll read it. Well, I couldn't even get halfway through it, and I'm, I get emotional even thinking about reading what he wrote. Oh. And um, It was filled with misspellings, and it went nowhere. And he goes, oh, my kid's going to be in a nut house. Well, his mother, I didn't recognize the misspelled words because I'm no great speller myself. But uh, <laughs> she always said, oh, look at he did this wrong, he did that wrong. And yeah. I said, but I would never I, – I'm the last person I would tell him. But I always made fun of it because it was yeah, it was yeah. a it was a family what we do. characteristic. We, you know, we don't yeah, know. yeah, so we anyways. do goof on each other about that. And then it was uh, <clears throat> the chapters kept coming in and coming in, and I said, "Wow, Mike, you've got something here. Yeah. This is really good." And I couldn't believe I was saying this about this kid who we had to beg him to go to school every day and be oh. himself. Yeah. <laughs> you could have sit in class. Don't sit there like Rocky waiting for the bell to ring. You know. <laughs> You you gotta gotta participate. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's how that happened. So, that's, so true. that's that's when I knew. I knew that there's something was gonna come of all of this. Right. Yeah. I believed right. in what he believed, and we all did. Yeah. Team Kunda stood up and said, "We're there." Oh, uh, it's true. Oh, yeah. uh, one of the other uh, uh, people on my, my list here, I can't find what she wrote. So, Carol, if you're watching, I apologize. I What you wrote was really beautiful. She didn't have so much of a question as she did. She just she really said it in a very pr uh, beautiful, poetic way, uh, precise, that uh, just thank you to you and mom for, you know, bringing me around and mm -hmm. supporting and all those wonderful things. She was just passing it on. And I think on, uh, she is C Mims, C M M M S. Mm -hmm. I think oh, is her Instagram. <laughs> yeah. She's wonderful. She's, yes, she's, I really, uh, yeah, she's, she's really such quite, a, um, lyrical in her. In her she remarks. is. Yes, she yeah. is. And she's been a big fan of our Rocky files podcast. So I just want to, uh, I want to thank her for that. Um, Stacy, what, before we move into the pretender, any other um, uh, questions that came in that were of, uh, you know, decent? Yeah. Um, Mark Bomarito, he, we haven't heard from him and I just want to say congratulations. He just got Congrats. married. He just got yeah. married. Yes. He just got married. Yeah. And he's having a kid. Yes. He's yes. Having he's a boy. my age. <laughs> he's having a boy. I and can't believe him, it. Uh, Marciano, I believe. Yeah, exactly. Which is congratulations, adorable. buddy. Um, he said, you know, making Mike finish that wrestling game that he, you know, that wrestling match, he did not want to finish. Right. Do you think, do you think that was key and what helped him to stick to his dream and to um, give him the courage he needed to never give up? Do you think that was? Well, I, I, all I knew was I walked away from too many good opportunities because I was afraid yeah. me myself personally yeah. at yeah. different times in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, I was afraid to take a chance. Yeah. Opening a business, I was always told I should have my own business. Mm -hmm. uh, this, that, and the other thing. But that's another story entirely. So, um, gotcha. yeah, the, we were we were supportive. Jay and I would go to his match, his matches. You know, yeah. we'd go down Saturday if it was a Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes after school, he'd have a match. And we would just cheer for me. He wouldn't always win. Maybe he won a mm -hmm. couple times. Did you pin anybody, Mike, at the time? 
Uh, I did not. I I was okay. I complete. I I was the only one in West Grand history with a complete losing record. But, but it was a team sport. You it, it was a team sport, and you were learning. You know, yeah. to be a part of a team. That that's what I saw. That's what I yeah. wanted to experience. How to be a team member. How to play to, to, with groups other other than just by yourself. Yeah. So right. when that incident occurred, I thought it was very important for him to finish. First of all. I didn't care if he lost. I didn't care if he won. I didn't mm -hmm. care if his shorts fell off mm -hmm. in that match. But I just wanted him to walk back in there and say, I am not going to quit this. There's no damn way I'm going to quit this. Yeah. Right. But he wanted to. He, yeah. he wanted to. And, uh, well, you're, you're right, he Ted. He didn't want to fail. And he didn't want to fail in front of me, probably, and his brother, and, yeah. and friends. Maybe more important, his friends. Yeah. And the team. The whole team. gym. The whole gym yeah. was, there was, I don't know, a thousand people in the gym or 800 people. Because Westside had a pretty decent wrestling team at the time. Yeah. We were a lower class weight, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, was. yeah. It was a wrestling tournament. Yeah, yeah. I was in, because I was in fifth grade at the time. And, right. Uh, or no, sixth grade, I think. Well, you, so, but it was down at the, at the high school, the match. It was at the high school, the yeah, match, yeah. yeah. It was to go in further. And, yeah, and, and the day I saw him walking back, Jay and I are going down, and here he's walking back toward us. I go, what the hell's going on? Oh, and he goes into the spiel. This the whole that, thing. And I said, all right, let's go back to the house. We're going to yeah. get this thing straightened out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then after that, he said, I can't do it. I can't do it. I said, yeah, you're going to do it. So let's go. We all walked back down. That's he the truth. got back in there. Uh, they called his name to go out on the mat. And... Uh, Whatever happened happened at the time, but Jay and I were cheering like crazy. Oh yeah, it was because he lost the match. Yeah, the, the, the match, and people were looking at us like, "What are you doing? You know, you're cheering for the kid who lost. That's right. That's my kid. That's mm -hmm. why he was there. Mm -hmm. He did it. It was a much much bigger message than yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. It, yeah. it was yeah. very much like Rocky in the sense that it Absolutely. wasn't about winning. It was about that personal goal of getting past it. And I, I remember while writing the book that I, I had to get, I had to get a job. I mean, there was unemployment was running out. Nobody was hiring. It was 2008, the, the crash and all of that and the, the economic crash. And so it was very difficult getting a job and I wasn't qualified for anything. And I, there was one job and I'm not going to go into it, but one job that I, I wasn't suited for, I tried and I was just going to, what they gave me some kind of, tremendous math test that you had to take inside yeah. of 15 minutes. And I, I, I could have walked and ran away from that, but I said, no, don't, you didn't run from the wrestling match. Don't run from this. So that mm -hmm. for me, that, that is something, uh, one of the most significant things. Um, yeah. And then another, another thing that's very significant was the pretender, um, which Stace, what, what are your thoughts on, on that for dad? On the pretender? Yeah. I just, it's amazing. I, I, when I first saw the pretender and I've said it to you and I'll say it to, to Mike senior here is the, the parallels between Mike senior, your life as a young man and Mike's life as a young man and your imagination and your determination. You guys keep saying, Oh, I'm a little bit crazy. I don't know. That's no different than Stallone, really. You know what I'm saying? He has imagination. He had determination. And he was just a little bit crazy to believe, hey, I can create this movie and make it something. And I think The Pretender reflects that exactly. You know, it's like, to me, it's not crazy. It's imagination and determination. And, you know, the whole nature versus nurture. And now it's like, 
Wow, this was you guys are a carbon copy of your your childhood experiences. Yeah, crazy. You know what I mean? And it's just it's very neat to listen and just to realize how much rocky and determination is in Mike Sr., which was passed on to you, Mike Jr. And then you create the pretender and it reflects everything that the Rocky character is in your experience. And so I just that when I was watching it the first time, I'm like, well, it's clearly no mystery why he's a Rocky fan because he's doing it. And now yeah. Mike Sr. with Davy Crockett and and you lived out that fantasy. You're on the battlefield. He's on the tours at the sites. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going, mm. oh my God, yeah. it's the same thing. It's the Crazy. same experience. And so the pretender to me is a tribute to to all of that and the both of you. So and what you've created and a large part of what Michael is, is, is influenced by you. So very much so. Yeah. When it comes to the pretender, dad, what did you, you're when, when I first told you about this nut job from Detroit that wants to film <laughs> the Kundas, Jim. Jimmy Toscano, who has yeah. become like a family member. Um, what, what was your initial thought process that regardless of what you told me watch out for a hustle yeah yeah because strangers just don't walk up to you and say things that jimmy said to you that day right you know later on in that day yeah right so but i didn't want to be a negative negative about it either and uh the one thing i know mike has is a lot of good common sense a lot of native intelligence you know a lot of good native intelligence so I wasn't so much fearful that he'd be taken advantage of, but I didn't want to see him be made a fool of. Yes. Mm -hmm. I didn't want someone to do something that was going to make him look funny or silly. This was going to be some kind of satire for this guy. Yes. Whatever the hell he was doing. You know, what was his real motives? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Boy, was I wrong. Oh, yeah. And I'm so glad I was wrong. Don't you love being wrong in that I way? Love being wrong on this one, big time. Yeah. But only because we loved him so much, we didn't want to see anybody yeah. embarrass yeah. him yeah. in any way, because yeah. he believed in what he was doing, mm-hmm. regardless of what you may have been planning or someone else. Yeah, yeah. Michael had his focus straight and narrow. It was it was all he did was to focus on his dream. Mm-hmm. And the pretender showed all of that and it was yeah. beautifully and sensitively done. Yes. Sensitively. Yes. Beautifully and sensitively done. So, yeah. I can't, I can't think of a better name for a move, a documentary. Well, about that was a problem. I like, I know it was, it was for Sue too. Yeah. That was hard. A pretender. Was... This kid's no pretender. Oh yes, I was my whole life. I was a pretender. Well, and, in a way, yes. In a way, yes. But in I a way, pre- no. Too. I pretended to be Rocky. I pretended to be Rambo. I when I was dating Sue early on, I would take the the uh, my fake Lamborghini, the Dodge Daytona. I would put that in the uh, no easy way out and drive through the streets of Scranton, jamming, pretending it was a a, a Lamborghini. So I was always pretending. And the second I heard Jim say, well, we're calling it the pretender. I thought, that's it. That's it. And then it's the ironic. Oh, wait a minute. He's not a pretender. Yeah. He's he's the real deal. When when people came up to me after the premiere, Mike, in the city, people who from your past had that were doubtful Nellies about you. They had all these different remarks. I'll never forget the one young woman who came up to me with her husband 
and she stood there and I was being, I was talking to some other people uh-huh. and she couldn't wait to speak with me. And uh, she was waiting patiently and I didn't know who she was at the time. And um, the opportunity came and the first thing she said to me, she, they were introduced and it turned out the person that was there was my insurance uh, agent mm-hmm. who turned out to be a very good friend of our family mm-hmm. and his wife. So she took my hand and she said, I first of all want to apologize for not believing in what Michael is doing. Mm-hmm. She said, after seeing this movie, this documentary, she goes, I see it all. She's mm-hmm. like, I see it all. Yeah. I see everything that he was and is and wanted to be and how it evolved to the point where the end of the film, he meets his hero. Yeah. He meets his idol. He meets yeah. the very man. And he had other meetings, but not like this one. Yeah. And and so I said, yeah. I said, and who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and she told me her name. And that was, she was one of Michael's um, um, nemesis. Uh, is it were nemesis? Miss Nemesis? Yeah. She never had good things to say about Michael. Nobody um, had good things to say about Michael. I think personally she liked Michael a lot. A lot. She didn't yeah. know how to handle it. Yeah. That's my personal feeling. Nobody liked me. Uh, I think Trust so. me. I think so. Trust anyway. me. I got the empty calendar slots to prove <laughs> no dates. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so, so that that's so, so now the pretender, right? Yeah. So the pretender, it comes out, and do you remember my fear of flying? We drive to Detroit. <laughs> yes, Detroit. We, you know what? It was it was a hell of a ride. I'll tell you that much. It was it fun was going fun, out. It was a fun ride in a way. Yeah, on the way coming back, and so we it was really great. We had a lo- we had a lot of fun out there in Detroit with the big premiere. It was great, but on the way back, we were also exhausted from it. We had to stop in Pittsburgh, and we had another three and a half or four hours to go before well three hours to go mm-hmm. before we got to where I lived in Central Pennsylvania, and we I just couldn't drive in three more hours. Nobody could drive, and we had it was right before Christmas, and it was the Christmas festival was opening up on around the river across from the football stadium. And it was one of the best nights of our life. We had so much fun. We mm-hmm. we really did. Yeah. It was uh, it was unique. The one thing, Stacy, about our family is that we're a small family. Uh, we have two beautiful sons, two daughter in laws that could be daughters. Yeah, that's how yeah. I look at both of them. Yeah, as, as, and they're they're supportive of of myself and my wife and and yeah. of, respectively of each other and their yeah. their husbands and Michael's career. Yeah. And anytime we gather, um, sometimes we have some extended family members that are same part of Team Kunda. They're still as supportive, like a cousins, yeah. Mike's cousins yeah. uh, show yeah. up at dinner sometimes. And uh, the, the the camaraderie and, and the the the, the, the duality of it, the duality of it, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. the, the the admiration for, I think it's for all of us because we all feel the same feelings. Yeah, so they were all here the night that the. Jimmy filmed most of the uh, interviews uh, with with family yeah. members, myself and and my wife, mm-hmm. and um, and gathering and celebrating that is boy, yeah. that's, that's so I said to Michael, I said, you know what? I said we're a small family, but do you know what? You belong to the world now because this film is going to be seen yeah. in every continent, in every city. Yeah, it's true. What Michael? What's the recent thing Jimmy told you? And Jimmy just told me that Gravitas is opening it up to every all over the world now. And I just because, and now oh. it's now it's no longer for free. 
they really it's making money now. So now they're, it's back to ten dollars nice. to buy or three dollars to rent. And right. and I thought, ah, the little film that had legs, nice. That, yeah. that, it was like the little train that could, you know. Yes, right. it, 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 exactly. Chugging along, chugging along. It's, yeah. And everybody who's seen it had the same reaction. That yeah. was the the best part and the maybe unexpected part. Yeah. yeah. Everybody got it. We had yeah. a standing ovation in, in the theaters. Got it. I yeah. couldn't believe it. Aww. Sitting and I, you think, ah, geez. All right, you get it, huh? Didn't see that one coming. How and, about, and, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. No, no, I was done. I was done. I, I was just going to say, remember when um, my dentist, uh, Dr. His name is Bob Riley. Oh, yeah. Been him for 35 years, 40 years. Great guy. Um, I was telling him all about Michael's career, this and everything. So I said, Doc, I said, you got to watch The Pretender. It's going to be on, uh, on, what was it? Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. He goes, he goes, hey, send me an email, Mike. He says, I'll never remember this. So I said, you know, I sent him a little reminder note, this, that, and the other thing. So that Saturday morning, I get a call from him. Jesus, I just saw the pretender. Oh. I said, Doc, really? I said, no, I don't. Is it on yet? He goes, Mike, I'm telling you, last night, my wife and I, my wife wasn't going to watch it. So she was out doing something. He says, Get in here! You gotta see. This is my goodness, kid. This is the movie <laughs> they made about his life, and he went on and on and on and on and on. And so again, it was like I called you, Mike, right away. Yeah, and yeah, I know. I know. It already did. It already debuted. You know, right. on Prime, and uh, so it was a lot of fun. It's 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 been a it's been a crazy journey. Um, States. Before we move on to that that video. There's mm. a lot more that I could I, I could bring up and talk. Maybe we'll have mm. him back for part two. Sure. Maybe we'll bring him and my mother on. And maybe mm -hmm. maybe yeah, we'll we got a good mom on here. Yeah. I know. Maybe oh. <clears throat> I could see the two of them just sitting there on the couch side by side. We'll set something up over the house. And, uh, you know, they'll both be wearing their little Rocky Files jersey. And we'll give our buddy Rick uh, of Babcock a big shout out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there he is. Rocky there he Files. is. Right. That's yep. it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> That's it. Time to bring the gun show. All right, now listen. Before before we get out of here, I want to. Yeah. Uh, you said somebody did a video. Tim yes. did a video. Yes. Yeah, so we have right. uh, Tim Wistard. He's been doing a bunch of videos for us. Our trailer and anytime we do a Where Are They Now. Yeah. And so when he found out that we were um, having you on, he. He's like, send me pictures, send me as much as you can. So um, he had a question for you. So he starts with this question and then it continues on to his trailer that he made for you and everything that you did for Mike. So I'm going to hit play here. Hang on. We wanted to uh, do this live to get your reaction. Good evening, Mr. Kunda. It's Tim Wistard here. And I just want to take a few minutes of your time, sir, to say how extremely excited I am that you were on the Rocky Files this week. This is a highly anticipated episode, sir. I am one of the people that have been bugging Mike over and over again to get your dad on the show so we can hear some more amazing stories of growing up, running the steps, and becoming Rocky and hiding in the woods to become Rambo. Um, I do have a question for you, sir. My question is this. At what point did you stop trying to convince Mike not to become this character because it's not a typical uh, thing that somebody wants to grow up and have a career of to the fact that, you know what, if this makes you happy, you go for it no matter what. And uh, it certainly has turned out well for Mike. He has helped so many people. He's so inspiring. 
and helping people with their dreams and uh, accomplish the fact that don't ever give up. If this is something you believe in, you always keep moving forward. And that is uh, a direct reflection on amazing parents. So I thank you very much, sir. In the honor of you being on, I've created this little video for you. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. And as always, sir, keep punching. Thank you, sir. Bring Joe here tonight, uh, watching television this one night and uh, watching the promos for the film. I used to say, I oh, Christ, what are we gonna do with this kid? You know, he's not, he's not, he's not doing better in school. He's not, he, he's not doing what we want him to do. And I don't want to change. I like who I am. He's gonna do all that stuff. But all he was getting, he was getting to be a better Rocky. He was a better Rambo. He became, he was becoming better at his fantasy. It doesn't really matter, does it? We're walking in, and I wish we had a camera following us. So I don't know, Dad, I can't do this. I can't win this. I can't win. I can't win. There ain't no chance. There's no chance. Now, he will beat you uglier than your eye now. Do his raw egg thing, you know, like we saw Rocky do, you know, and call his name, and he's got to go up and wrestle. And he, you know, of course, he gets his ass kicked around the, the mat, you know, and <laughs> but I was so proud of him, man. I was so proud of him. that bag again. Oh my God, he's got to stop. And that's... He's going to stop. He never gave up his dream. He never stopped fighting. He never stopped believing. So what more can you say? It's my son. How about that, huh? Oh, good stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. Ah, don't be. Look at don't me. I'm, I got a little cheery-eyed myself. Did a good job there, Timmy. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Thank you so very, very much. That's beautiful. It's good stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Wow, what a very nice, nice thing to do. Isn't that nice? Yeah. He always yeah. gets me with that music too, Dad. He knows it, just it, that right, that right music it, to play. It's perfect. I mean, I, what could one say? Just it washes right over me. I, I, I know, right? Yeah. I swear, I swear, Tim sits there in his in his Rocky room and he's creating this stuff he's like a Machiavellian <laughs> villain of happiness. <laughs> he's a, he's How a, am I going to get he's, them he's, to cry? He's great at it. He's uh, got yeah. talent. He's got skill. 
his. Yeah. And oh. I actually think you answered his question a little earlier. It was someone yeah. else that had a, a similar question. Mm -hmm. so, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you know what Tim did there? Uh, the one thing, uh, and then uh, I'm going to let you go, Dad. I'm, I'm going to let you get, because I, I know you want to uh, probably grab some lunch or something. Um, the uh, This first time at the Rocky Steps. That birthday present that you took me to, uh, yeah. there was no Rocky tour in, no. in, in back in no. the eighties. There was no Rocky tour. Yeah, and you, mom, and Jamie, we went to see the, you, to the Italian market, the right. Rocky Steps, and we went to some nondescript dinner somewhere. And uh, I remember you had uh, the look on your face when you hit the steps for the first time. I mean, they <laughs> yeah. even overtook you on that. And, and well, I was overwhelmed like, because it was iconic. Yeah, I mean, as many times as mm. the, for the first time we saw the movie, I, it, you never tire of seeing the movie, right? And what it meant to you then meant as much to me. And yeah. my mom wasn't a runner; she was. She, I don't know. She mom took stuff. the picture. She did. Oh, that's right. Mom took the picture. Yeah, us, yeah, doing that. But uh, yeah, it, you, when you live the dream with 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 a son like Michael, he mm. makes you believe. Yeah. <laughs> he makes you believe, boy, I tell you. And it, it, it brought him to where he is now, and it's, it's good stuff. It's not yeah. over yet. There's no. still more to come. I hope so, not. There's still <laughs> more I'd like to do. So Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. It'll happen. Stacy, before we let this amazing <laughs> human being go, yeah. what, anything you want to say before I ask him my last question? I ask all our guests. Oh, yeah. I, you know... Mike, thank you. You just, you've been so fun. The stories are so sincere and so heartfelt. And I just, you know, I'm a nurse. I've heard a million stories about family and family doesn't always mean loyalty. It doesn't always mean, you know, faithfulness or having someone's back. I've heard some very sad stories about family and, and you are the opposite of that. And you've cultivated, you know, a family that is tight and supportive and, it's moved on to Mike and, and Jay. And, and I just, I don't know, your family is something that so many people wish they had. And I just, mm. I just want to thank you for being a, an example of what families should be going for. They should be shooting for, cause not, not everybody, not every family has each other's back the way you guys do. And I, that's what I loved the most about listening to your stories. So Thank you, Stace. Thank you, Thank you yeah. so very much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And it's a, it's been an honor to meet you. Oh, you! I, each each week, I say to my wife, "I gotta meet this lady. Oh, she is so sweet. she is so balanced for Michael in this in this in, oh. in the way you put the show together." So. Thank you. You're oh welcome. My, you're welcome. Thank you. Oh my yeah, goodness. I hope we get to meet each other. Oh yes. Oh, that's yeah. happening. <laughs> yeah, Don't worry I about that. So. I hope it happens. Well, I'm not going to get sappy like she did because I've told you a hundred times. I'll randomly call you and mom and I'll just I tell know. you how proud I am. I, I believe when you feel it, pick up that goddamn phone and you, you call the people that mean something to you. Yeah. Uh, that is that is a, a thing I firmly believe in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the question <laughs> I ask everyone is if you have 30 seconds in an elevator with Sylvester Stallone, what do you say to him? Well, I, the obvious would be the obvious, right? No, I I don't. What would you well, say to create such an iconic character? And he's heard it a million times. So, I, I Sly, if you're out there listening to this or watching this, or you eventually will, um, 
as Mike's dad, uh, as a co-conspirator in the Kunda project, uh, as it were, and uh, based on the inspiration that you gave uh, to him and millions of others uh, from a heartfelt dad, a dad that mm. couldn't be prouder, couldn't be more um, supportive, my wife, uh, Mike's brother, the wives. And again, you've heard it a million times, but thank you, Sly. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, from one dad to another dad. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure your three daughters yeah, and yeah. millions of others are being inspired by you every day. So, ciao. Dad, thank you very much. I will see you. Uh, in just a few seconds, I'm going to run to yeah. our undisclosed location and uh, clean up. Stacy, sit tight. I'll be right back to finish the show. Okay. And, uh, hey, Dad, as we always say, keep, keep punching. Keep punching. Keep punching. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The old man pulled it off, huh? Amazing. Adorable. Yeah. So sincere. You're You're lucky. You're lucky, parents. You know, as I said to you, we've talked about this. I'm sure there were moments yeah. that they were wanted to shake you, but in the end, to yeah. to come around and have them support you like that, I don't know. I love how yeah. tight your family is. I I can say it six ways to Sunday. I yeah. I just I love how good you guys are to each other. That's it. You you ought to see at a at a dinner, man. When, when everybody's here at the house together, there's eight or ten of us, where we're just hanging out, laughing. I mean. It, couple glasses yeah. of wine and my mother's excellent cooking and everyone yes. just lets go of all their stresses and yeah. you just start laughing your asses off. <laughs> it's really, it's great. It's yeah. just some of the best conversations. It's just, it's, it's yeah. really, really fantastic. But yeah. uh, dad, you did great. I can't wait for you to see this. You're going to enjoy it. And yeah. mom, you're going to be very proud of him. And yeah. He did, he did very, very well. So, he did so um, good. He did so good. And the parallels between you guys, I know I've already said it, but the parallels yeah. between you guys is crazy. Right. It's amazing. It's the same thing. And I just, to me, it's not crazy. It's determination. That's what you guys have. You just like push, push, push. You both have that. And uh, that's some apples cool. don't fall far. Right. Right. For sure. They, they don't yeah. fall far. Mm. So I'm very proud of this episode. Episode 40 was huge. Yeah. Um, I think our closeout with all of our, our plugs, our tags. Yeah. You go first, pal. Thank you. I'm going to start with our dear friend, Tim Wister. Tim, thank you so much for your, for your video and everything you do behind the scenes. Um, you know, we have like the support staff in the background and Lorenzo's yeah. helped us out and Reminder's sure. helped us out and Tim and, and Tony C they, they just, they're like our support staff. Um, and, and Tim, thank you for that video. And I just hope you enjoy, uh, Mike senior's reaction because you really, really got his heart. That was, that was obvious. Um, so he is at, at Tim Wistard and around uh, 14 podcasts and Tim and Tony two jabronis. <laughs> He's got a few addresses right. now. <laughs> and then you're out there. Yeah. You can find me at had me at yo, because that's true. And the Rocky files, of course. And Michael, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me at the Yo Philly Rock Film Tour on Instagram. You can find me uh, on TikTok at TikTok Rocky, T-I-C-K-T-O-K, -T TikTok Rocky, where they hate my guts over there. And I've got some very funny responses. 
Well, they don't hate me that much because I have at least almost 130,000 followers. So that's something. Wow, take that. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. So, you know, they, all the haters can suck it. And uh, I wrote a little book a few years back called There It Is, Cue the Rocky Music. If you want to hear a lot more of what dad was talking about today yes. and what I was going on about, Great a book. lot of these stories are in detail in there. And they're really, they're really a lot of fun to read. And uh, we did a little movie called The Pretender. There it is. You yeah. see that? You see that idiot running up those steps in there? <laughs> those are the Rocky steps, and that's me at 15 years old running the steps for the very first time. You can see I've got a yellow shirt, black shorts, and red, white, and blue tube socks. Love striped it. Tube, so tube socks. That's when the tubes were very in at that point. At the time, very stylish. <laughs> Anyways, Stacy, another great podcast uh as fragmented as we were it's delivering right. the news we are here we are always going to be here and um you killed it this week my friend thank you thank you thank you i'm so happy to still be doing this with you you've been so good to me and it's we're just having great. a blast yeah i'm having yeah. one of the best times ever doing this yeah i have to go make a phone call because someone's health insurance is mm -hmm. being jerky so mm -hmm. i've got to go get that taken care of right now because right. hopefully by the time this podcast airs on thursday i will have already had my cat scan for the kidneys right oh i don't want to wait any longer okay oh i gotta go keep us posted Stace, i will take care and keep keep punching bye-bye